Welcome in. This is more than a white man's game on the House of L Podcast Network. Per usual, I'm Maddie Lee, your host. Our producer is Lawrence Holmes, the man who makes all of this possible. I mean, we're, I guess, a little more than a month into this. It's been a blast, and it's been so much fun getting to team up with Lawrence and House of L, and there's so many cool things happening with this network. I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. I'm also thrilled that this is opening week. We did it. We made it to the regular season. We were a few games in, and so it's about time for a season preview here, I think. I cannot think of any better duo to do a White Sox-Cubs season preview with than Eugene McIntosh and Terrence Tomlin, the founders of the Bigs. They're awesome. If you haven't listened to them, you're missing out. If you have, you know exactly what I mean. They're so tapped in. And they really were some of the first people who made sure that I felt welcome as I came in to this new media landscape, right? I mean, a weird time (laughs) to move to Chicago and start up a beat. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I moved during the pandemic back in May, which is crazy because it feels like it's been so much longer. (laughs) It's, and it hasn't even been a year, but you know, Eugene is on the Cubs beat for them. And so I got to see him a bunch in the press box and Terrence, even from afar, you know, has reached out, has made sure to say hello. And I just feel so lucky to know these two guys and to have been able to chat about baseball with them for the past few months, but we're going to get deeper into the weeds today on this season preview. It's a weird year for baseball as we're going into year two of the pandemic, but things are starting to open up. Got to get to spring training and interview some people from a distance, but still in person. That was big. Um, Now we're back to all Zooms and all of that for the beginning of the season, but hopefully we'll get a little more normalcy soon, and it's always great to have baseball on the TV, be in the ballpark, all of that. It's the real beginning of spring. So, without further ado, let's bring the guys in and get to it. All right, Eugene and Terrence, thanks so much for joining me. Happy opening week. I've been waiting for it for so long, Maddie. We talked the last I, the last time I saw you, you know, the outcome of, uh, you know, that last Cubs game wasn't what we, well, maybe not what we weren't expecting because we may have been expecting that. Yeah, yeah, there you were know? some patterns from last year. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm happy to be back and it's, you know, it's good to see you, man. It's been a minute. Yeah, good to see you both. Same, Maddie, same. Definitely happy to, to – I think this is my first time being able to talk to you on Wax, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking some baseball finally, right? 
Yeah, we've done the like awkward wave to each other from the other side of the press box. The, as a yeah, the nod, the salute. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, thanks so much, you guys. Um, we are going to do dive into some season preview stuff. Uh, full disclosure for our listeners, we are recording Saturday night in between the Cubs and White Sox games. So if anything crazy happens between now and when this podcast drops, we're not just dumb. We just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, these two teams are in an interesting spot where I feel like they're headed opposite, completely opposite directions, right? We've got the White Sox who are just coming out of their rebuild and are in their window. You've got the Cubs who are going into what they don't want to call a rebuild, but look something like a rebuild. <laughs> like, what what kind of vibes are you getting from these two teams at at this weird point in time? I think you summed it up right there. I mean, as much as, and it's, you know, both Terrence and I, we can speak on it from both sides because, you know, as you know, I'm, for the listeners, I'm on the Cubs beat and Terrence is on the Sox beat. So it's been, this is our sixth year covering both teams. So we've basically seen, you know, both sides, you know, basically getting to this point and, you're right, Maddie. As far as the the North Siders are concerned, you know, Jed, I feel like Theo knew exactly what time it was. You know, he said he talked about, you know, having like a ten year period, and he got the job done actually in five years. And I feel like, you know, Theo is one of those guys, and he harped on it at his end of the year presser. You know, talking about how he has more fun building things up. And then once he got the job done, it's kind of not as much fun, you know, on the other side of it. So he got out of the jam right in time, left Jed, you know, with uh, <laughs> some things to do. And it's definitely uh, – you may not want to call it a rebuild because, you know, there's still that core from the championship team, Jay Hay, uh, Willie, uh, KB, Javi, and Riz, and still – and Kyle, and now that Jake is back, you know, is you still kind of have those core guys left. So I still think there's enough talent there. Maybe to take it all away, uh, I doubt it. But to, to win an NL Central Division title, I do still think, you know, that, that core, that talent is still there. So I'm just interested to see if, you know, the storylines are there. But I'm, I just want to see, is this the last dance? I, I don't know if they'll be able to sign all three guys. Maybe they can. It's going to be a lot of money. But um, just interesting stuff to say the least, especially from the north side. But I'm interested to hear what Terrence has to say about that south side of town. Uh, you already know, but uh, I definitely want to speak on the south side because, like you said, Gino, we've been holding it down, you know, since the 2015-2016 season and uh, have had a, a front row seat to see how both teams got to where they are today. And as far as the Cubs go, you know, uh, Maddie, you hit it on the head. It, they're, they're not calling it a rebuild, but it's walking and talking like a rebuild. And it's like, if, it, if, if it's doing that, what do I call it? And they, they haven't necessarily addressed uh, some of their weaknesses. You know, and, and I feel like that's the conundrum that the Cubs find themselves in. On paper, they definitely have – uh, a lot of talent, uh, the core of the guys that, that brought the championship home in 2016 are still there, but they haven't necessarily produced like they did uh, in that season 
and are in a position where they totally have to, like David Ross had been saying during the spring, it's a prove-it year for a lot of those guys. Anthony Rizzo, who I'm sure is kind of salty, didn't get a contract going into this year. But, Gino, we talked about it. We, we see the, uh, the trends in the league. We saw Mookie get a big bag from another team after getting traded from the Red Sox. We just saw uh, Lindor, you know, in the same situation. So I'm wondering if that's what we're going to be looking at with some of the big names when it comes to the Cubs. But, man, you know, as the White Sox kick off game number three, I got it in the background, Maddie. So if, if you see my eyes kind of dragging, that's just what I'm looking at. Yeah. But it, it's the total opposite. I feel like these guys are staring at uh, a, a possible World Series berth and could be the team uh, to bring it home, at least on paper. You know what I mean, at least on paper, these guys definitely stack up with some of the best teams in the league. You can give us live updates that won't be so live Frank. <laughs> yeah it, it'll be it'll be a blast from the past if, if it goes really well tonight so you can relive it uh, while you're listening perfect well let's let's jump in a little more to the White Sox because uh my listeners have been very patient with me bringing in Megan Montemiro and me being a, a Cubs writer um I admittedly have not been able to follow as closely through spring training and everything as I did with the Cubs but Watched last night, and I might be overreacting a little bit, but I'm really excited about this bullpen. Like, I'm, is that an overreaction, or is that what you're seeing too? Absolutely. It's totally not an overreaction, Maddie. I feel like if you for, – for any fan that's been watching this team over the last three or four years, the bullpen has been like a thorn in our side. So when you see how stacked it is right now, you know, Evan Marshall, uh, Cody Hare, you got Garrett Crochet out there throwing fire. Uh, it's definitely a lot of reason to get excited. If if you're not already too excited by looking at the the, the starting rotation, uh, you know, and, and the arms that they have, and, and, and you know, uh, you know, in the rotation, it's it's a beautiful thing uh, because there's so many bright sides when it comes to this team. I, I guess it's more about can they overcome their flaws? You know, we know defense is still an issue. Uh, they got bounced from the playoffs uh, last year because they didn't necessarily have that depth in the pitching staff that we just talked about. So it's definitely a welcomed addition uh, to the team right now. You, you can't you can't ever have it, uh, too many arms, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, are, do you think it was just the pitching staff because that, that was holding them back? Because it's a bit of a collapse there at the end. Like, how, yeah. how confident are you that they're going to be able to push through that this year? And, you know, Gene calls me uh, calls me on this all the time uh, because the fact of the matter is uh, it definitely was a collapse at the end of the last season. Uh, they were the first team to clinch the playoffs and ended up being the last seed, um, you know, going into the playoffs. It's, it's not exactly how you want it to end the season. And I, I personally feel like that Oakland matchup was one that they, they should have won, you know. So I, I guess maturity was an issue going into the offseason. But I think Tony La Russa may have been one of the, the – that may have been one of the reasons that you bring Tony La Russa in, you know, to kind of tighten up some of the screws, to kind of, you know, get these guys a little bit more mature. I know it's, it's still kind of questionable if you saw Eloy in the outfield and that injury that – is going to have him out for as long as he's going to be out. Uh, but you're hoping with a team full of leaders that that you know the mature voices in the lot in the in the clubhouse prevail. Well, let's let's talk about left field because I know you guys both have some thoughts. Ooh. 
the injury at first was really scary because what Eloy brings on the offensive side of, uh, you know, of the game, you can't really replace it. But I feel like you'll be lying to yourself if you feel like it's not easy to upgrade defensively over there, which is really what you needed. Um, it sucks that he's going to be out, but I feel like in a couple of weeks you'll have your answer there, Adam Engel, uh, who, who's nursing the injury. But I feel like he'll, you know, he showed that he's kind of a plug and play guy out there in the outfield. So you're not super uh, bummed out because you know you already got a, a few guys on the roster that can step in: Andrew Vaughn, uh, Leori Garcia, who are you know who are probably going to be platooning out there but until then you know you're just going to miss you know Eloy and what he brings to the game even outside of the offense the the character you know is definitely going to be missed and they've been treating my boy like like he's a little bit more hurt than he is you know I mean Maddie I don't I don't know if you've seen you know they they've been been, the jersey and yeah yeah. I I got scared I was like did something else happen to him (laughs) oh you you know baseball players got it. They got it. They're a little dramatic, but no, nah, he's definitely going to be missed. Gino, I know you have thoughts on this. Yes, I uh, I just wholeheartedly blame the 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 Sox uh, decision makers for Eloy not being in the lineup right now. His <clears throat> his glove should have been taken at the end of last season. And he should not be allowed to bring a glove in the clubhouse. And um, I think more than anything, the Sox are going to miss his bat in the middle of the lineup. They do, like Terrence said, they do have enough firepower throughout. But it's obvious after just watching the first game, last night was probably more along the lines of what you'll see from this team during the year, not being, you know, always being able to put some runs across the board. But I do think, in those tough times and those tough stretches, they're going to miss that bat in the middle of the lineup. But like Terrence said, also just his character and, you know, the things, the other things that he brings to the team outside of just, you know, outside of baseball. But on the flip side, I think that is one of the reasons why that Sox collapse happened at the end of last year is because, you know, a lack of maturity. And me and Terrence always talk about this, I think that's the reason why, you know, they brought a guy like Lance Lynn in to build with Dallas Keuchel and to bring a, you know, a, a vet like Tony LaRusa in to kind of manage not, you know, maybe not, I don't think the egos were necessarily the thing, but you know how a young team gets, they, you know, they, it's a hundred, well, last year it was a small sample size. It was only 60 games, but, you know, on the 162 and two in, in 184, you know, things can go left easily. So I think, you know, they tried to nip that in the bud. And like I said, bringing in Lance Lamb, uh, signing Liam Hendricks, and bringing in Tony LaRusso, I think those were signs that, you know, bring these veterans in, you know, kind of not keep the young guys in check, but just let them know that, you know, we're not going to let this thing happen. It's baseball. So, you know, I don't, you know, being a, a former, you know, division one baseball player and going through these types of things, you can never get too high when things are going well and never get too low when they're not because things can take a turn either way, you know, really quick. So I'm with Terrence though. I think the White Sox are definitely, if not the Yankees, I think the Yankees will probably, you know, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, they always seem to, 
you know, end up in, on injury reserve or something. And I think the Sox have more pitch and depth. So if I was a betting man, which I am, I would bet on the White Sox to, uh, you know, represent the American League in the World Series this year. Okay, I, Gino, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm glad you said that. I've been waiting on an official White Sox World Series prediction from you. Yes, sir. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Chicago or nothing, man. Will it be a disappointment, especially, I mean, especially after bringing in a new manager, a controversial hire, especially at the time? Will it be a disappointment if they don't make it to the World Series? Absolutely. I, you know, I feel like when you bring in a guy like Tony La Russa, a Hall of Fame manager, you know, when the last game that he played or the last game that he managed, excuse me, was a, a World Series clinching win, you know, you bring him back to win it all. So I, I totally feel like it would be disappointing, but I feel like the players have that same mindset. You know what I mean? I feel like that clubhouse is a clubhouse that believes it's a World Series of bus type of season. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Tony La Russa signing was definitely win now. So in my opinion, I wouldn't say it would be a disappointment if they didn't make the World Series. I think... Just one up in what they did last year. You gotta get you gotta win that division. I think the Sox are by far the best team in that division. But I think you have to win a playoff series. That's it would be a disappointment to it would be a pure disappointment if they didn't win the division, but it would definitely be a disappointment if they did not win at least one playoff series. So now, that that would be a total disappointment, Gino, and and I kind of feel I, I feel you on that. But I feel like that window in baseball definitely can, can slam clothes on you, you know, so quickly that you got to, you know, you got to kind of get it while it's hot. We've seen, you know, we've had that conversation about how it's been since 2016. And I feel like if the White Sox won it last season, then that kind of would have been a season where you can compare it to 2016. You kind of get it before you were supposed to get it. You know what I mean? Kind, kind of surprise some people. Uh, with, with how far you go, but this season, you know, with the with the free agent additions that they brought in, and Gino, you know, you know, on the south side of things, it, it's been a slow kind of crawl to get to a point where these guys are spending money to bring in guys that are going to be real difference makers. You bring in a guy like Lance Lynn, uh, you get guys like Michael Kopech back, uh, you bring in Leon uh, Leon Hendricks. You know, I feel like, just like you said, man, that, that's the writing on the wall that the time is to win now, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of windows slamming closed, that's a perfect segue to <laughs> the north side where uh, – what, what do we want to call this phase? I've been saying transition just to cause, – because they're not – or I mean, or I could steal from Sam Presti with the Thunder who kept – shoving down everyone's throats. We're not in a rebuild. We have to reposition, replenish, and then we can rebuild. We're not even to the rebuild yet. We're still breaking down. Like, what do we want to call this phase? I mean, I will, I'm with you, Maddie. I would call it a transition. You know, it's, it's just depending. Like, we all know, we've talked to Jed all year. You were down there at spring training, so you know what's going on. But, you know, it's uh, the, the, the first – Maybe two, three months, it's, it's like the tell-all story. It's like, are, are we buyers or are we sellers? You know, um, again, 
the talent is there. If you look around that diamond, if you looked out there today, you got Peterson. I would Mariznick was in center, but you know, Mariznick and Hap, you still, like I said, Jay Hay, KB, Javi, you got Bodie a second, Rizzo and Willie. So the talent is there. Now, what the plan is, are we, because when we, when they started this with Theo back in 2011, the plan was, you know, you were looking at dynasty, you know, you were looking at that, that San Francisco Giants run. You were looking at those Yankees runs. You were looking at these guys who've won multiple championships in said amount of years. So obviously these guys have fallen short the last, well, since 2017, but yeah, I, I would call it transition. I, I'm, I just want to know, it, it's, it's telling, like Terrence said, Rizzo not having a contract by now. I'm not surprised one bit. I'm not surprised at all. But when I think about who's going to be the odd man out, like I said at the beginning, it, it would be – I don't think they'll sign all three guys. I just don't think that's possible. So when you look at the, when you look at the three guys, and I'm interested in what you think, Maddie because we know Willie's not a free agent until next season. So do they sign Rizzo? And, and, and oh, let's just start with Rizzo. So I think this is an easy fix. You know, we know what Rizzo means to, to the Cubs. You know, we know what he's done. He, he obviously has outperformed his, his security contract that he signed way back. So is, is it, does Rizzo try to break the Ricketts pocketbook? Or does he, you know, do they meet – Somewhere in between, but more on Rizzo's side. I think that's where this will end up. We saw Jed talk about how, you know, he said the same thing over and over, how much he loves Riz. Obviously, he, you know, he brought Rizzo here from, you know, him and Theo brought him here from San Diego. So we hear about the talk, but they sign Rizzo, and then who's left? Is Javier KB. Who's the odd man out? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, if I'm a betting woman, and I'm not because... <laughs> I would lose so much money. Um, I'm going with Javi. I just think he's he's such an important piece on both sides of the ball, right? And, I mean, we saw him today, a.k.a. Saturday. He, he makes these insane plays in the gap that should not be routine look so easy. And I think in Chicago, we're absolutely – spoiled getting to watch that all the time because you just you forget how hard that position is because he's he's not even taking an extra step he's just slinging it across the diamond like it's nothing um and then you have obviously a stacked 2022 free agent class at shortstop and so I think you try to do something now you don't want to try to re-sign him I mean we saw Lindor's extension. That's going to set the top of the market. I think it, he's made it clear that he wants to be in Chicago. Work with him now and see what you can get done. 
And and especially with the new CBA coming, I'm you know I'm interested to know about what his camp thinks because do you want to wait until then? I don't think you want to do that. So I'm with you, Maddie. I think they definitely have to get that thing done as soon as possible. The 340, you know, I know he saw Lindor cake up. I know he saw uh, what's our guy in San Diego, um, Tatis. Tatis. You know, he's watching his guys and, you know, like you said, Correa and Javi and Trevor Story and all these other guys who are out there who are A1 shortstops that Mark is is, is hitting. So mm. you definitely have to uh, – you definitely got to lock Javi up. I think the his – you know, his 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 ceiling is, is extremely high, Maddie. Like you said, you know, we've been very spoiled watching this guy make these tough plays – you know, just look as routine as ever. So it looks like KB is going to be the odd man out. Um, I got much love for Chris Bryant. Um, you know, uh, he's another guy who we know what he means to the city. You know, he was part of that championship, got the last out, him and Riz. And, you know, he's been hurt the last few years. Those knick-knack injuries, they, they, you know, they tend to pile up on you and They'll get the best of you, you know, and then, you know, the, the game is more mental than anything and it starts to, you know, mess with your mind. And then now, you know, social media, it was telling to me this summer when, was it Jesse Rogers who, you know, kind of manipulated the headlines of his podcast, uh, his guest appearance. And when I saw KB kind of react to that, I said, okay, it's, this is a different guy because this is a guy who you would have never figured back then you know, 2016 and beyond would, you know, would let those type of things even enter his cipher, you know, but, you know, he's human and he's had a tough time lately. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I, I just don't see him, you know, returning. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like you're hundred percent right. You know what you just said. At the end, right there, it's been a it's been a tough couple of years for KB on and off the uh, off the diamond, and I feel like if if you're looking at somebody that is, it would be ready to go. It may be Chris Bryant, but honestly, if I had to call this phase anything, Gino, you're the '80s baby, okay? The new edition song, is this the end? Oh, okay. I'm I'm wondering just how how severe the facelift is going to be if, in fact, this team becomes sellers, you know, um, and, and just how much of a fire sale it could be. Um, it, it's just in an in a, in a area where you feel like the button is about to get pressed because it's been season after season at this point of underperforming, and, and you just start, you know, you get kind of nervous as a fan like, man, yes, maybe Chris Bryant looks like the guy that could go, but Jed hasn't really laid his cards on the table and shows you, you know, how he's really feeling yet, you know. So um, I know it's early, and that first game of the season kind of sent fans in the wrong direction, but I, I was happy to see that they got the win today, Saturday, Maddie. Um <laughs> So I'm looking forward to see, seeing how this season progresses because Chris Bryant – is a guy that I feel like has the, the potential to go crazy again. Like, who would be surprised if Chris Bryant had an MVP caliber season right. this year? Nobody. You know right. what I mean? So, uh, but Javi is also in that same position where if he doesn't, you know, 
start to produce, then it is going to start to hit that pocketbook. And Gina, like you said, he's seeing all his friends cash out and I'm sure he's waiting on his day. So hopefully that, you know, that doesn't kind of pull his focus, but you know how slippery that slope can be, Gino. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about those first two games because we kind of saw the polar opposite of what this team can be right. Opening day against the pirates of all people. Kyle Hendricks has a terrible game, which is definitely not characteristic of him. And then the bullpen doesn't look good. No one can get a hit. And then fast forward to Saturday, Jake Arrieta looks good after a bit of a rough start in the first inning. You have the core guys doing their jobs. You have Wilson Contreras leading off with walks every other, you know, at that. You've got guy like Chris Bryant hitting a home run. You've got Jason Hayward mashing a home run. Like, what's what's the truth? What what are you guys expecting? I mean, that's I'm expecting the guys that I saw today. Obviously, more than the guys we saw yesterday or Thursday. But again, Maddie, it's been the same old story. We saw the start that they got off to last year. They, you know, they ended outside of that White Sox series. You know, the last couple of weeks before that were like horrendous, but they got off to such a hot start that they really didn't come back to haunt them as far as, you know, the division was concerned. But, you know, we saw those first two games against the Marlins. So I would not be surprised. Like nothing with this team would surprise me either way, but I'm expecting the guys that we saw today more than that team we saw on Thursday, just for the simple fact that we know that this is the last dance. Like this is the last chance that these guys are going to have to, you know, basically have this same core together and, you know, having another 162, getting back to some form of normalcy and these guys getting back to what they know best. I think that bodes well for them as well. And my my biggest takeaway is I want to see what this starting lineup, this starting rotation is going to pan out to be because I really think that, you know, velocity is huge in this game now. If you're not, you know, if 96, 97, like the Sox, they got a few guys throwing in triple digits. But I think you know, having Kyle Hendricks, a guy who's been a top five pitcher in baseball the last two to three years, a guy like Jake Arrieta, who we saw have top three years of all time, you know, Zach Davies, Zach Davies. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people realize how good Zach Davies is and really can be, especially in the middle of a rotation. Then you got Trevor Williams, a guy who's looking to, you know, come back and show people that he's worthy. Now, I think the fifth spot with Albert Alzelay, I think they may be looking to – I think Albert will be like that spot guy. He'll start sometimes. Sometimes he'll come off out the bullpen. Braylon Marquez, whoever they get, you know, in that fifth spot. Um, it's going to be interesting because I think league-wide, you know, ramping these guys back up. 60 games last season, most of the starters, they may have thrown, what, 50 innings, 55 innings at most. Now you have these guys trying to ramp up to get back to 200, 250, 300, if, you, you know, if you're a John Lester type. So 
<sighs> it's going to be interesting, Maddie. But I do think this starting uh, starting pitching rotation. I think I think they I think they'll do well. They that's been um, one of the hurdles I think when you look at you know the the scouting reports around the league. I think the the starting pitching has not gotten the the just doing. I understand it, but. In my opinion, I definitely think those guys can get the job done this year, especially in the NL Central, where I think 87 wins can win that division. Yeah, easily. You know? <laughs> yeah, that division. Whew. No, I totally agree with you. I, I think this rotation is absolutely underrated because we get so excited about mm. velocity. Um, but, I mean, you've got some gamers in there. Absolute gamers. That's what I'm saying. Kyle, and, and they're, they're, you know, we, it's, so we, we tossed Jake back in there. And Jake, his years in Philly, every year it was marred by injury. So the, the thing we're doing, why they're doing right now with Jake, is just trying to keep him healthy. And like you saw, I wasn't there today, Maddie. I was watching from home. But, you know, you get a different vantage point when you're watching on TV than we do when we're in the press box. So just watching Jake that first inning, it was just jitters. He was back in Wrigley. The fans were there. So you could tell he was kind of nervous and he was just feeling himself out. But once he got in his groove, and we're used to seeing 96, 97 Jake with that crazy slider, I was. it was great to see Jake topping off at 93, still hitting his spots and just finding himself. And when you can mix that in, with Kyle and with Zach Davies, two guys who are, you know, they're control freaks and they're spotters, you know, they're not high velocity guys. So that could throw a lot of teams off having to, you know, uh, look at that scouting report and not really, there's really not a big difference in those guys. So I'm looking for that to, to, to take these guys further than most people think. Maddie, I, I, I got to jump in because I, I got to let you know, one of the nicknames that Gino calls me, he got like four for me, but one of them, he, one of them is Dolo T. And I have I to It's differ. Dolo T time. It's Dolo T time because I beg to differ as far as the cuss pitching staff goes. As as a, a guy who watches, you know, the White Sox office on the other side of town, just those guys don't scare me. You know what I mean? And, and they are gamers. You know what I mean? I, I feel like Jake Arrieta, the way he approaches the game, I'm, I'm, you know, is a, you know, it's always the, the kind of picture that I'm going to be a fan of. But I wonder how long those arms can last, you know, and 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 how long will it be until we start to see the wheels kind of wobble a little bit? And I don't want to say the Y word, you know what I mean? But I, I find it hard to believe that a staff that loses you, Darvish, can get better the very next season. So. But that would be very Cubs. Yeah, I mean, that would be very Cubs of those guys to get better after, you know, losing the big name of the staff. Uh, so I'm looking forward to checking back in with you guys probably midway through the season to see how to see how it's going. But that's definitely the area where I'm keeping my eyes on for sure when it comes to the Cubs. I agree. No, I agree with you 100 percent, brother. Yeah. I mean, just by definition, a finesse pitcher has less wiggle room and a power pitcher. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's all they have, except for <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, All right, we are running out of time, but before we go, I want to get one bold prediction from each of you. Gino, you want to go first with this one? 
one ball prediction. Am I, am I, is mine a Cubs prediction or is it Sox or is it baseball in general? Baseball in general. Hmm. That's a great one, Maddie. <sighs> T, go ahead if you got one. Okay. I, I got one. I have a bold prediction that the White Sox are going to match their 2005 postseason record. Just one loss in the postseason on the way to uh, another World Series win. Woo, that's bold. Can that's we- bold. I, it's kind of hot over here. I don't know, Maddie. <laughs> oh, man. That's really that was, bold. White Sox, that, was, <laughs> that was such a hot take. Man, brother. <laughs> All right, now you got to one-up it. Gino, you can't do the easy one because usually it's – Oh, the, the White Sox are going to have a better record than the Cubs, but that, I feel like that's kind of a layup this year. Come on, so hit me, Gino. El Mago, Javier Baez, will be the National League MVP. Oh, okay. I like that. I'm, I'm. Javi's one of those guys, Maddie. You, this is just your second year around, and it was messed up. This is your second year, right, Maddie? Second year. So it's, it's messed. It's yeah, it's messed up that you haven't gotten a chance to be inside the clubhouse and really be able to form relationships. Because I, I think you are one of those. You're one of the special ones in 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 that press box. I think that you would be able to maneuver around that clubhouse and be able to build right. relationships with these guys. And I think you and Javi would probably hit it off well. But when you get to know Javi and get to see. He's one of the true guys who wears his, you know, him and Willie, those are the, probably the two guys who wear their emotions and their heart on their sleeves. So, Javi's, you know, Javi, he's one of those guys. He's in tune with everything. So, he knows the, he knows what's being said about him. Like we said, he's seen, he's seen his two guys cake up in the offseason. So, he wants his turn. He has to have a monster year if he thinks that, if he's even thinking about getting anywhere close to those numbers. So, I'm looking for my boy to come out and put up monster numbers this year and win another gold glove. I feel like the gold glove is okay. his to lose from now on. He should yeah, that's for sure. Who already? Um, yeah, well, uh, uh-uh. your hot take. Come on, you got to give us one too, now. Oh, no, don't don't leave us hanging, Maddie. Don't leave us hanging. <laughs> oh, my hot take. Um, all right, I'm gonna say the Cubs re-sign Javi and KB and not Rizzo. Oh, Ooh. you you just broke some hearts with that one, Maddie. <laughs> oh, man, that is wicked right there. And, I, and again, that would be very Cubs-like because me and T always talk about it, Maddie. I think – I don't have to think. We know that, the, you know, the Cubs, the, 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 the Ricketts, you know, they're, they're more worried about Ricketsville <laughs> – Wrigley, Wrigleyville, aka Ricketsville. Ricketsville, for sure. You no, know, then uh, what's best for their ball club? I think they had their fun with the Cubs, like Theo did, and now you know this is just you know a piece of uh, you know their uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I can't. I'm I'm at a loss for words right now. But yeah, it's just. You know, they did what they came to do. Like I said, Maddie, it's like that toy you get for Christmas. You play with it the first two days, and then once you're done with it, you throw it in the corner and you leave it there and never touch it again. So that's where we are right now with those guys. Aren't they the best? 
Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you so much to Eugene and Terrence for making time to do this season preview for the Cubs and White Sox. I had a blast. I'm so excited for this season. So many storylines to keep track of as we move forward. The Cubs and the White Sox are going to be fascinating for obviously potentially completely different reasons, right? But still tons of storylines to keep track of. Man, I mean, and then we also have fans back in the stands. Hopefully this pandemic will be over soon. I'm just in a really sunny mood because it was sunny and warmer today than it was during the frigid opening night, which was also fun. Just, you know, my hands hurt (laughs) from all that cold, but baseball is back. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition, a real Chicago baseball edition. I told you, White Sox fans, we'd get to the White Sox. It's not just a Cubs podcast. We are here to do it all. Just because I cover the Cubs doesn't mean that we can't talk about other Chicago sports. I guess just baseball. We're just into baseball here. But we can't, doesn't mean we can't talk about the South Side. Doesn't mean that we can't talk about other teams around the country. I have a really fun next episode planned for you guys. It's going to be another couple weeks until we drop that. I'm on that, you know, once every two weeks schedule here. But there's so much cool stuff going on with the House of L network. So in the meantime, check in with those other, you know, other podcasts. Sports Adjacent has been hilarious. And then, of course, Lawrence Holmes is always an absolute treasure. He's both our producer here at uh, More Than a White Man's Game and the founder of House of L and just all-around stand-up guy. So shout-out to Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much to him. And... We'll see you next time. See you in a couple weeks. Have fun perusing the rest of House of L. In the meantime, like, subscribe, rate and review, all that good stuff. Hopefully we gave you some stuff to talk about with the Cubs and the White Sox. Maybe we got you fired up over our uh, extremely bold predictions extra spicy hot takes and we'll definitely have to reconvene at some point mid-season to see how those are going it's gonna be fun we'll definitely have these guys back thanks again to eugene and terrence founders of the bigs thanks again to our producer lawrence holmes thank you to you all for listening and tuning in this week and we'll see you next time